the elephant in the pew. Elephant in the Pew podcast, where they engage in the topics everyone wants to talk about, but nobody wants to discuss. From the Elephant Portable Studio, here are your hosts, Stephen Whitten and Ryan Ramsey. They can worship God, begin to strum a guitar, and let them. You know, if we have the biggest, brightest, bestest building, bestest isn't a word, you can be the outreach right at that moment. Welcome to the Elephant in the Pew podcast, the show that brings you our opinions in a nicely tuned, well-oiled, chaotic sound clip to engage in the topics everyone wants to talk about, but nobody wants to discuss. I'm Stephen Witten. What was that? That was called writing, my friends. I was bored. <laughs> Episode 45, and all of a sudden you change what we say? No, I said what we say. You didn't even tell me that was coming. <laughs> you can't do that. I did. It's like when you listen to Fresh Prince of Bel Air theme, and then like you memorize it, and then like ten years later you realize that's only half of the actual song. <laughs> it's true. I, <laughs> you just hurt my heart a little bit. Why? Well, say it again. <laughs> oh. I, this is the first time I've heard it. Oh yeah. Thanks I, for running I, it okay. past me. Sorry. Maybe I didn't agree with that. Well, nobody right. cares about Ryan. This is the show that brings you our opinions in a nicely tuned, well-oiled, chaotic sound clip to engage in the topics everyone wants to talk about, but nobody wants to discuss. And I have flabbergasted Ryan. And I'm Ryan Ramsey, and <laughs> he doesn't know. Me what and to Steven do. are gonna have to come to Jesus <laughs> meeting after this. I emailed you the script. I didn't get the email until just now. Anyways, I'm Ryan Ramsey, and uh, it's a beautiful day in the neighborhood, and thanks for listening to us. This show has been brought to you by ElephantPew.com, your one-stop shop for all sorts of cool things that we post, not limited to our uh, weekly news show and links to those articles we talk about, and then uh, stuff we talk about within these shows are kind of linked on there. Also, you can find things like uh, About Us video and other stuff that I was just playing with today. So, um, yeah, check it out, ElephantPew.com. Updated weekly. Yeah, and then you can get the links to uh, Stephen and I's own blogs, uh, his um, Stones Will Cry and uh, mine Shouting Shouting Into into the the Wild. And then uh, you can see those pretty things we're talking about over there. So, Stephen? Thank you for making us a part of your day, night, evening, morning, and whenever you decided to listen to us. Today, we have a special guest. He is the worship pastor at Chapel Hill Christian Church. He is the ninth child of 11. So 12. 12. 12. I always forget. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> That's a lot of children. I Even I lose count. And <laughs> um, I can only imagine what his parents had to go through. <laughs> His name is Sam Massey. Twelve births, actually. <laughs> That's what I had to go through. <laughs> oh, man. Ugh. Well, thanks for having me, guys. I really appreciate you bringing oh. me out. And the whole, uh, <laughs> somebody asked me how old my siblings are, and I said, you know, uh, I can't keep track because it changes every year. That's sort of my, <laughs> that's sort of my joke. <laughs> well, <laughs> I can't good. keep track. And but, you know, I was proactive this year. I decided that I was going to have everybody text me their birthday and I put it on my calendar I'm, I'm like halfway there and because nobody's had their birthday yet or whatever Te- technology is amazing isn't it it's making me lazy though that's actually what it is so I suppose that's another topic <laughs> so where do you come from Sam I'm actually from Ohio Ohio yeah I'm from eastern Ohio though everybody's like oh Ohio's flat and stuff and but the truth is where I came from is pretty fantastic because it's over by I don't know. I mean, if you like walking up hills and downhills, <laughs> both ways. Well, the funny part, yeah. <laughs> every <laughs> every person tells that story. Yeah. The, the thorn, 
when they were a kid. Storm. When I was a kid, I had to walk to school uphill both ways. That's the impossible. Joke. That's the joke that goes on, though. Oh, you have to go side. downhill. Well, one I suppose time. if you lived on the ocean and then like high tide, and then you get to like walk up. <laughs> I don't know how that works. <laughs> well, you go down. No it, ocean, you, you go up a hill to the school, <laughs> but you, they don't tell you that they go down a hill too. So they had to go up a hill both ways. No, okay, so the, my favorite part about having hills is being able to sled ride and, like, snowboard and stuff. Oh, okay. Because yeah. uh, obviously can't do that here unless you hook it to a truck or something, which is... Or a... Which is also fun. Th- yeah. I can imagine Snowmobile. that would be a blast. I went tubing and sledding many times behind a truck in a field growing up, so... Truck yeah. in a field, rope, snowmobile... Truck, truck in a field. Truck in a field. So uh, what do you do, Sam? I mean... What do you do for a living? Are you like an electrical engineer? Oh. Or no, I said he, he was said the it. worship pastor at Chapel <laughs> oh, Hill. I'm sorry I wasn't listening. No, you didn't, because all of a sudden I throw a different sentence in there and you forget to listen to me. You can't handle it, dude. You can't do that stuff to me. Yeah, so right now I'm actually learning uh, more than I uh, care to. <laughs> well, actually, I'm learning a lot because my role is actually uh, worship. That's part of it, a small part of it, actually, because they... Um, basically encompasses every creative aspect of mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. the worship service at Chapel Hill. So I'm I'm constantly busy, yeah, you know, with everything. And mm-hmm. I, I'm, it's been an awesome journey. I'm coming up on a year there, and uh, yeah. just a good time. And and uh, again, learning a lot. Yeah, awesome. So well, thanks for being on the show with us today. Appreciate you having me. Appreciate you coming out here. So yeah. uh, today, Stephen, where are we going? Well, um, so what brought this episode on? Um, for those who, um just get this episode on their phone and didn't read any of the stuff um, like on our website we're talking about um, outreach today okay and I was recently reading an article about the Ark Encounter theme park that right. is located in Kentucky just over just across the border of Ohio um, and it was it's created it was built by an organization called uh, Answers in Genesis led by Ken Ham. And uh, this article is actually written by a, his name is Court Gatliff, um, and he's, uh, he's from Christianity Today. And um, he was, he actually got press um, passes to go through the, the theme park before anybody else did. And he got to interview Ken Ham. And the one quote in the article that stuck out to me, which is what brought this episode on, was that Ken Ham said that the Bible says to go into the world into all the world and preach the gospel. We're saying let's do something that will also attract the world here. Um, and then the question that Court brings up in um, the article is the same one that I have, which is a Christian in in not in parentheses in quotations a Christian Disney World might attract millions of people, but will guests really leave with a deeper understanding of the grace, mercy, and love of Jesus Christ? So now, in all in fairness, in all fairness, I have not been to this theme park, so I don't know. I'm not. This is not a slam towards Ken Ham or into the park itself. It's just it brought an uh, an observation to me. How many times does the church say, "Let's build an outreach program here mm-hmm. to attract people"? So that's kind of where I'm going. Um, so I'm not going to attack Ken Ham by any means, but it brought up the question in me that a lot of churches I feel struggle with this idea of outreach and how do we do we build it or do we go out into the company? Company? Into the the world. Okay. Yeah. Good question. Sam, what are your thoughts? Okay, so first of all, I mean, when it comes to the church, 
I when I heard sort of what we were going to talk about, I, I had to Google it and just sort of get some ideas and whatnot. And one of the scriptures that we see people using to support that idea to, of bringing people in and that sort of uh, build it and they will come idea. If you build it, uh, if you build it they will come thing. <laughs> <laughs> creepy whisper. Okay. <laughs> this is creepy. from <laughs> Zechariah 615. And um, I'm sure there's some context here that the verse uh, alone is missing. Um, and you'd have to read that for yourself. But this is what some of them use. And those who are far off shall come and help to build the temple of the Lord. And you shall know the Lord of hosts has sent me to you. And this shall come to pass if you will diligently obey the voice of the Lord your God. If you build it, they will come. No. So, you know, without digging deeper into this, you know, it's hard to say whether or not that actually is a good uh, reference to what ch churches in uh, the 21st century America do. Uh, to build up their buildings and make them beautiful and all these, um, you know, very consumeristic sort of things. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I, I mean, that's where that's where I think outreach today is. And I mean, even back in, I come from the Nazarene Church, and um, Phineas Brzee, the founder of the Nazarene Church, and I think his brother was. Ferb Brzee, right? <coughs> no, and but... They did a ministry, Phineas and Ferb ministry? No, they didn't. Oh. <laughs> that would have been funny. But no, Phineas Brzee, um, in the eight, late 1800s, um, was a Methodist pastor who, um, how he built his reputation is he went to, he was positioned at a small church in, I believe it was St. Louis, it was in Missouri, um, and uh they couldn't get anybody to show up to his, his nobody was coming nobody was coming and so he he told the congregation at the time he goes the reason why we don't have anybody here is because we don't have a big enough church now they were running like 10 or 15 in a nice sized church so they could have fit easily about 50 to 100 people in his church but he said this church isn't big enough for the people so they won't come so they built a church right next to the church and brought and br it brought people in. So the whole idea of building it and they will come um, worked in his case. I've not really known any other hmm. instances. Of course, I've not studied any other instances, but that one in particular. But on the whole, I think the people in the church today actually believe that if we can build the right building, build the right atmosphere, build the right... Um, outreach program I put that in quotations um, that people will just start coming mm -hmm. and they forget that you know the gospel of Matthew tells uh, tells us to go out into the world mm -hmm. Ryan yeah I, you had a thought mm. in your no I'm just I'm soaking it all in oh. I, I think at the very most basic uh, place I, I sort of want to if we take that phrase, if you, if you build it, they will come. I sort of, when it comes to church, it's almost like we need to have some definition there. Like we obviously is like the Christian body who have, are believers and uh, we're planning a church, let's just say. And um, if we build it, uh, I'm guessing that's the church or, or whatever it is that you're building. You know what right. I mean? It has to be uh, that it is either a church building or an, an Ken Ham's version, an ark. Um but they is the one I, I want to know about the most. Is like, are we trying to bring in uh, uh, 
Christians? Are we trying to bring in mm. non-Christians? Are we trying to bring in people who are unchurched? And, and this is sort of where it seems like a lot of churches lose it because it's like you have to have, in a lot of ways, you have to have some sort of a jumping point. You have to have a starting point where you're bringing in resources so that you can do ministry. And um, But at the same time, if you're not, um, if you're not doing outreach and all you're doing is building in, then you're, s- I, I sort of disagree with that approach because you're only bringing people in. And um, sometimes, especially when in mega churches, the reason I disagree, I guess, to explain a little bit, is that a lot of times in order to bring in the masses, uh, churches have to water down the gospel. They, ha- they have to be very surface level. And, and and mega churches, I'm I'm saying like anywhere between two thousand and ten thousand, you know, huge churches. Um, to draw in that many people, um, what you have is uh, one of the articles I was reading was talking about how if you have that many people, that much volume, you have um, all the need for these volunteers. You have have to have volunteers to teach classes and to teach all these things, and so what you have is a poor quality control. Mm. And all of these people come in. And if the message drawed them in or if the uh, if the band drew them in or whatever it may be, then they go to l- go deeper. What you have is people who don't really have that much knowledge of the Bible and who just want to step up and serve in some way. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so you, it's in a lot of ways, the mega church approach isn't um, isn't effective for true outreach to the non churched, you know, in some ways. Yeah. Mm. I think I've heard a lot of things. Um, first off, I think the Ken Ham thing is uh, crazy, uh, <laughs> and I and I have seen the ark. I went, so yeah. me and my family went and we saw it. That's it was awesome. great. I wouldn't quite call it a theme park. That's what they called it. <clears throat> Maybe someday, but well, I mean, right now it's just a big boat and a tiny petting zoo. Like I have a better petting zoo in my backyard. Te- so I mean, <laughs> like, uh, well, so technically, it's a themed park right it's a park okay, that well, people go and they pay $40 to get park so like would you call like a park with a bunch of baseball dimes in it a themed park because it's, it's a got baseball base- park it's I a guess. baseball themed park sure I'll call it that that's I'm a, just kidding that's a very weak definition of theme park hey, <laughs> hey, I'm just going by what they okay, called it that's fine um, don't attack ar- the messenger and the arc was cool I, w- I will give them that it was cool to see um, just the magnitude of it all but to go as far as to say, let's bring them in, I don't think anybody who's not a Christian is going to want to go really see that. And even if they were there looking at it as a non-Christian, there wasn't really anything I saw there that would have made me like believe. I mean, See, that was my question because I haven't been there. Yeah, so like, I don't know. Um, uh, but they, there was, at the very end, there's a, a gospel presentation on a wall, and they have, and that's one of my big things about Ken Ham. I like Ken Ham. Um, I think... He does a very good job of offering an alternative for Christians, um, you know, because I grew up in public school and I was told about evolution and all that stuff, and that was the only option that was taught. And so, I was really, like, well, that doesn't, yeah. So that doesn't really mm. go with. Uh, no, I'm lying. No, I did, I did. No, I was just blown away because I went to a public school too, but they would, they offered the judo Christian. Well, my school sucked apparently, so um, they didn't, and I would say most schools don't now. No, yeah. no, no. I would, I would um, agree with you there. So, I, I liked when I didn't know even know about Ken Ham until college, until I met my wife actually, and her dad told me about it, and I saw a Creation in Gen- or Answers in Genesis DVD where he talked about dinosaurs being on the Ark, 
and I love dinosaurs, man. Jurassic Park is like my jam, right? Right. So, um, like, I was like, dude, I can get down with this. Yeah, this makes as much sense to me as evolution, and this uses the Bible. So why not? You know what I mean? Yeah. And um, so I know there are people out there who don't necessarily agree with him, and I I think it's good he stands for. But then, but him to make that jump to say that, well, yeah, this is gonna be a big outreach or this is going to be a big I'm thinking I think his words he he words in the interview that I read was this will be the largest outreach in the modern Christian era yeah I, mm. uh, I, I was like mm, I don't I, know about that but I think that's a stretch maybe just a little bit I mean not to say there aren't going to be I people mean people who go a, who aren't Christians who go with mm-hmm. their girlfriend's family who are and then they right. see the stuff and like God moves in them there and then you know they they're like like moved and God draws me out. That's probably going to happen a few times. You yeah, know what I mean? I'm not but saying like, that it won't. But to I mean, be like the largest in the United States ever. You know what I mean? Like, well, I don't he think has so. to compete I, against I, Billy Graham. I was going to say the largest outreach is going to be like, what about the Great Awakening? The Great Awakening. What about Jonathan Edwards? I mean, like, what about those outreach? Well, and <laughs> the, he did qualify and say in the modern era. So that's fine. So taking the last hundred years, I still say that Billy Graham's crusades were probably right. a huge outreach. Probably bigger than what right. the ARG would be. And and the whole idea of uh, if you build it, they will come. Obviously, that's from a movie. It's not from the Bible, so sure. whatever. Um, we're not, we're <laughs> right. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. I, just like yeah. to, I just like to whisper in the microphone. Um, if you build it, they will And come. I love that movie for some reason. I don't it's know. a great movie. If you've I, not seen it, check it out. Field of, Field of Dreams. Kevin it's Costner. Great. It's a great feel-good movie. It is. And it, uh, Not a lot of depth, but good. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, you know, I think... The problem with building things is, and you mentioned a Nazarene thing, so I'll not mention a missionary alliance, Christian missionary Absolutely. alliance. Absolutely. A.B. Simpson, um, he was always building buildings. And he, now, granted, he always like refused to go into debt to do it, even though his leadership in churches overthrew him a lot of times, went into debt to do it. But um, one of the buildings they built, the Gospel, Tab- Gospel Tabernacle in downtown Manhattan, still there. It's actually a pizza shop now, but it's still got the stained glass window in the ceiling that has the fourfold gospel for our denomination so they built a building and they came and it was huge now the thing is did they come because of the building or did they come because ab simpson was huge on outreach and reaching those that weren't churched in that time in manhattan when all the immigrants were coming in in the late 1800s so um ooh, steven hit the sound effect for the door there you go well played steven and um (laughs) so you know the question was i think Probably not that they built a building, but they had the outreach. That whole thing, the story that you mentioned made me think like um, when everybody comes to a church when it's first built, it still happens today. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Because it's new. It's exciting. It's exciting. It's new. And then after about three or four years. It starts to dwindle or again. Or another church across town builds a big new <laughs> building or a big new addition. Yeah. They're like, oh, we're going to go check out that church. And then they yeah. all leave to go to this. So, f- I mean... Th- to to continue on with that story, they actually built four times. Um, they had to build to expand, um, but I don't believe. I'm to your point. It wasn't because of the building. It was because Phineas Brzee did inner city right. outreach. Same as Amy Simpson. You know, he went out. Yeah, and, and so and I'm sorry if I stole the punchline of your story. No, you're no, you're fine. You didn't. I just didn't finish my story. So I'm sitting here thinking like, um, and then and then you walked kind of into the mega church realm talking mm-hmm. a little bit about that and um, it's all over the place i'm sorry no it's <laughs> it's fine it's fine i was just saying it was great great stuff i was absorbing it that's why i was being quiet um i think we have to be careful as we walk into that like well mega church gets so big that they can't maintain a thing because some church some mega churches do a good job i, I agree they, they go, 
Now, does it present different dis- different problems than a smaller church has? Yes, mm-hmm. because the pastor yeah. knows everybody in a smaller church, so it's easy to do quality control. Um, so when churches do it right, make, as they grow and they do big churches, they put things in place to do that. So um, is it a problem that smaller churches also have? Yes, if you mm-hmm. have a, because um, I've been a part of smaller churches or seen sure. a lot of smaller churches that didn't do very good quality control because the pastor didn't take time to get sure. to know people, and therefore mm-hmm. even in their church they have people teaching right. that shouldn't be teaching. Exactly. You know what I mean? Or they just need a warm body, and so there's a warm body. <laughs> Who yeah. is definitely not qualified? Like okay, yeah, nobody else would volunteer. So yeah, you got like, you know how to speak. You got like an eighty nine. <laughs> you got like an eighty nine year old man that can't hear or see watching infants in the nursery because nobody else will do it. You know what I mean? It's yeah, like exactly. He's a warm body. It's like oh, probably not the greatest choice for that. I'm glad sure. he's got a good heart and he wants to do that, but probably not a great choice. You know. Yeah. So um, y- you know, I think that's kind of that's kind of off topic, but I just wanted to make sure it was clear. So sure. I'm oh, I'm not criticizing mega churches because there are some who are fantastic and we've seen examples of those and mm-hmm. you know I, I would say though that sometimes in that area the uh, yeah. mega churches are it's a, it's an issue that needs to be and and the whole idea of <clears throat> the message being watered down I think of um I think that's true sometimes in some mega churches mm-hmm. and true and I nail Stephen on this all the time so don't feel bad um he does don't so it's not just you but, <laughs> but I think of before it exploded Mars Hill Mark Driscoll did not water down his message at all mm-hmm. and it, when they were going they were the fastest growing largest church in America mm-hmm. so I don't think that's yeah. necessarily always true I think sometimes that hard truth attracts people sure um so you know but then you got guys like Joel Osteen who yeah. definitely do so um then you got that going for you so yeah I think just like um small some small churches churches of 200 will water down yeah, their the, message so yeah, people p- people won't leave <laughs> sure. you know, yeah. oh, oh yeah I was gonna say you just don't hear about the watered down message of a smaller church because who cares they're, <laughs> they're a yeah. small church and yeah they don't get a lot of attention. I'm sure no one's exempt. I mean, there are uh, there are probably churches in every <laughs> size range that right. would do different things to keep people. Right. And so uh, as far as outreach goes, um, if you build it, they will come. I don't think that's good. And, and just an example, as far as outreach goes, I'm really against, I'm not against it. I just don't like the mentality. The, the old mentality used to be, did you invite them to church? Did you bring them to church? Are they going to church? You know what I mean? That was always kind of the mentality, like yeah. have them come to us, you know, um, bring them to the pastor and he'll, he'll talk to them, you know? And that was always right. pastor. I got somebody you need to talk to. And that was kind of, kind of the old mentality. And, and the truth is, is that that doesn't work. That was a poor idea and it didn't work. I mean, they tried, that was great. Now they need to say it didn't work and, and walk away from it because while church is good, um, the idea that if they come, then they'll be saved because they'll hear the message. I don't think is accurate. That's one of my problems. Some churches, and mm-hmm. I will critique a lot of um, some mega churches or some bigger churches, have this mentality of what we call the attract- attractional model for worship, sure. mm-hmm. right? And so um, their whole service is kind of based around unbelievers or people who are new believers or possible believers, you know? And so they're the ones that do, like, there's one in our town that sang uh, Purple Rain after Prince died and stuff like that. And so... <laughs> You know, and I'm not even kidding. It I'm happened. sure it happened. And um, and I'm thinking on Sunday morning in worship time. You know, see, I this is the I laugh at that because I got upset when I was young. Um, and I was being offered, um, not offered. I was asked to help out with a worship mm-hmm. team, and I called out the worship guy at this that time. I said, "Hey, why are we singing the cartoon song?" And and then of course I hear. Purple Rain. I'm like, he sang it during worship? He sang it Sunday morning. Like as a special? No. Like as as a, worship? a worship song. Oh. 
Yeah. You, you, everybody, I wish I had a camera because Ryan's eyes were exactly what happened when I heard it the first time we oh. sang it right as a worship song. It's, it's funny to me that people, there are actually churches that sang Purple Rain on Sunday morning as a worship song or just as a special? I think it was a special. I well, let's it was a hope tribute, it was. But still, my opinion had no place there. But um, <laughs> so because last I checked, Sunday morning was about the the Prince of Peace, not the Prince of Purple Rain. So <laughs> or the artist formerly known. So um, I uh, I think that I had struggled with that. I worked at a church for a while that had an attractional model, and mm-hmm. you know I even have a hard time with special music on Sunday morning. And this is why, because Sunday morning is a rare opportunity that, even though it's weekly, a rare opportunity for all of God's people to gather and worship the King as one body. And I don't like specials because it's like they're all sitting down and we could all be singing together and praising or reading mm-hmm. or reading scripture together or, you know what I mean, or doing responsive reading or hearing the word preached. But said somebody's just up stage on stage singing a song, which mm-hmm. can be a blessing to people I get. Mm-hmm. But I have a hard time with that even. So to to have a whole church based on around a tractional model to where, hey, come bring them in so they'll get saved and plugged into our small groups. I just don't think that's good stewardship of uh, resources, of time, of people. Um, and, and so I, I think um, I think that drawing thing is not good. One more thing before I stop and then no. and let you guys take over here. Um, I also got to be a part of a, a weekend this past weekend through uh, I don't even call it, say what it is, but um, there was an opportunity at the end of it for some guys to share what they had learned from the weekend, what they got of the weekend. And uh, one of the questions is, what are you going to do with basically what God's taught you this week or whatever? And a lot of the guys were like, I'm going to invite them to this weekend or I'm going to invite them to this place. You know, I'm going to get as many people coming here as I can. And I'm just sitting here going, I think we missed the point. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. You are what lead people to the God that you encountered this weekend. Yeah, <laughs> his, his people, not the the experience. Yeah, and the I people. Yeah, and that's where I was um, in my research. I I realized that churches build outreach programs or outreach ministries because, for one reason or another, they either know or they believe that their people won't go out and preach the gospel on a day to day basis. So they make it. The, whether it's the pastor or a team that the pastor puts together to go out into the community and mm-hmm. outreach for the church, and it's they, it really it's not it's not as much kingdom building as it is church building, um, which we can have another discussion about that. But and in essence, really, what the gospel is telling us and Christ told us was that, and even Paul was with in his um, examples is that. You can be the outreach right at that moment. You're talking to somebody, and all of a sudden the topic of Jesus comes up, and you can lead somebody to Christ right then. You don't have to say, you know what? You know who you should talk to? You should talk to my pastor. Yeah. You should come to church on Sunday. Yeah, no. you No, that's when you, when you feel the urge to say that line. Stop saying that line and say, let me tell you about my Jesus. Hmm. It makes me like think maybe we need to stop calling it outreach even because like— ah. You think of outreach, you think of, like, you know, the arm goes from the church and like, oh, picks you up and brings you back to the church. Oh, come back into <laughs> our church. It's the claw. It's the claw, you know? The claw. And I don't think Jesus <laughs> called it up. I think Jesus' model was, like, launching, more like launching. So oh, maybe yeah. we need to mm-hmm. call it a launching. Some We need to create programs that launch our people, a training in how to share the gospel, training how to love people, how to uh, identify needs, discernment, things like that, that they can be launched out and say, okay, and then come back here. 
you know, with people or, you know, just to get re- more training to be launched again and, and yeah. to go out each week. I, I don't know. This is, like, super hard because, you know, as a full-time guy in church ministry, it's like, this is the idea you're sold, you know, when you go to school. It's like you're going to go and you're going to lead worship and then people are going to hear the gospel and, and then they're going to be saved. But there's some steps in there that we're missing. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. That's and um, when it comes to even guys like me or uh, Ryan who uh, do the worship thing, it's like, man, um, <laughs> we are bringing people in. Well, see, f- according to the church definition and, and what we see in the Bible, mm-hmm. we should be focusing on <laughs> the body of believers, current believers yeah. in the church coming together like what you're talking about Amen. to worship mm-hmm. together as one body and actually our church is going through this right now where we're actually taking the the uh, we have a youth uh, junior high high school ministry called awake and we're actually merging that with our adult worship because they meet at the same time on sunday morning oh did they have like a separate worship service it was uh, really um, previously well this sunday actually um we will be uh, merging together so we're really excited about that and that's a better picture of what i think uh, yeah. my job is you know what i mean and sometimes yeah. Um, I, I mean, th- everything we do needs to be done with excellence, especially in the, you know, as um, as worship leaders, because really the culture we live in is uh, very um, consumer based, and uh, people want excellence, you know. And, and and bigger than that, we have to prepare <laughs> because it, God deserves it. You know what I mean? Yeah, he deserves I, our absolute. When best. I was in college, uh, there was a professor. He was the choir director, and. Um, he would always battle the whole, well, I'm singing for Jesus mm-hmm. type thing. And he always said, shoddy for Jesus is still shoddy. Yeah, you I know. Like that. So just because you're singing for Jesus doesn't mean that it's not bad anymore. I mean, sure. if you suck at singing, you probably shouldn't be singing. <laughs> you know, find another area of worship um, that you're really good at. But that's, you know, so that you're right. Excellence, we should all be doing our Best, and that's mm-hmm. the problem with excellence, and that's what I get because I I grew up early in ministry. I was around a bunch of guys who were uh, all about excellence and worship and all that stuff, and it became basically you need to be Hillsong United. Well, <clears throat> the problem is there's a lot of people out there in between bad and Hillsong United. You know what oh, I mean? Oh yeah, absolutely. And, and so um, if you say you have, there are some guys who are never going to be good enough to play lead parts, but they can strum a guitar. Mm-hmm. By God, if they can worship God, begin to strum a guitar, then let them. Because do you know that most people, ninety nine percent of people in the okay, ninety five percent of people in the congregation <laughs> have no idea what good music is. Absolutely, they don't even care. They don't even change the radio station in the car. It's only the other five percent of us that are basically in worship ministry that care. So um, we have to do our best, but that doesn't mean that excellence is um and this is off topic but um, no it's not it's it is not off topic uh, <laughs> i'll bring i'll bring it back I'm and uh i think we just have to to keep that in mind uh, as a worship guy i struggle with that because because i'm not the greatest musician at all so i just you know I, i'm a hummer and a strummer i strum guitar and i sing a little bit i'm not even that good a singer so you know um and so i just i think uh i think we just have to be careful with, with that whole idea of excellence um because if you're doing your best then God honors that. Sure, sure. And, and I agree. And I guess part of the way we can tie in the whole excellence thing, I know we got off track a little <coughs> bit, but when it comes to um, building in uh, church buildings, uh, yeah, everybody wants. Isn't that kind of like build it, they will come? 
It is. Uh, that's what I guess I'm getting at. I mean, yeah. and I think it all ties in, in a lot of ways. Uh, that idea of building and it, building it, and they will come, and then this uh, yeah. uh, going out or building in, and which is better. And and so I think a lot of churches fall into this trap where, um, you know, if we have the biggest, brightest, bestest building, bestest isn't a word, but uh, <laughs> it is people today. are going to come. Here. <laughs> we make the rules here, and it is here. People are going to come. Okay, maybe that's true, but. I'm, I guess I'm asking what kind of people are going to come. Oh, I mean, yeah, real quick. Uh, a pastor I used to work for said this: "What you attract them with is what you'll keep them with." So if you attract them with good music, then they're going to stay for the music. When the music isn't as good as they want it to be, they'll leave. If it's for good teaching, you know what I mean? Yeah, you know, so they'll come. Anyway, sorry, go ahead. No, I love that because actually, it's a conversation me and my pastor had today, uh, and I guess all all of this to get to the idea that you know. Sometimes excellence can be overrated, and you're mm. one of the first people who've been in worship ministry who said excellence isn't everything. Because I suck. Well, no. <laughs> <laughs> well, so, no, well, I'm not gonna. I'm say. like sucky people are good too. <laughs> but you, I think I you suck. you misunderstand when we say excellence, right? I think, I mean, my version of excellence is doing the best of your ability in everything that you can. I agree with that. That's, I guess, my definition as well. Uh, you're, and you're right. Your comment about being, uh, there's a lot of, lot of difference between uh, the regular church band and Hillsong sometimes. Right. You know, there's all kinds of distance between there. Um, but yeah. But that whole, I mean, it still needs to be good. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and the other question is this, like. If you had your worship team put together, would you have? Um, would you rather have like let's say there's five people, just arbitrary number? Would you rather have five people that are excellent musicians and there to like lead worship, or would you have five people that are okay musicians but understand how to go out and make disciples during the week, how to appropriately you know evangelize somebody, talk to somebody <laughs> about Jesus? Like, are the, would you rather have those people on worship? What team? you're saying is, would you rather have um, rock stars, or would you have? Um, kingdom builders kingdom builders sure and, and i've always said uh, i you can have the best musician in the world and uh if their heart's not right if they're not yeah. you and know kingdom minded then yeah. they're not a good fit for worship you yeah. know what i mean and i, I think that's that th- that's been a philosophy of mine from the beginning and so you know guys like you and i who maybe feel like we're not the best we uh we have to really emphasize being <laughs> pure here and mm-hmm. just knowing that um, we're doing this for something a lot bigger than ourselves yep. and God can take what we yep. bring and make it so much more than what we could yeah. ever imagine. And, yeah. and I think we have to realize too, to kind of go with what we're saying is that it, building that model that we build it, you'll come, we build the worship ministry, people mm-hmm. will come mm-hmm. or we build the children's ministry and people will come. We have your, your church has a great school, which has actually been a great evangelical tool. I mean, people sure. come to Absolutely. your church because their kids go there and they're like, Oh, I guess we should go to a church, you know, and Absolutely. we'll go to that one. We already go there five days yeah. a week, take our kids. So might as well go on Sunday. See, that's a great tool. Sure. That can be used. Yeah, and it's, it's not, it's not a bad thing, but if we throw all of our chips into those things, like, like we can't do that. We, we have to realize that, um, it happens outside. Like, in fact, one of the ideas I'm kicking around right now is um, the idea, and I have been for a while. I talked to you about this. Like, what if a church didn't have a building? And I'm not talking about like a church plant that like doesn't have a building yet. You know what I mean? Like, hey, we're <laughs> gonna do this for a season because we can't afford a building. Yet. I mean, like, wait, what if a church? What if your church has a building? All of a sudden, said, um, we're tired of the mortgage. We're tired of the utilities for a building that's mostly empty throughout the week. Uh, we're tired of all the maintenance costs. What if we just sold the building? 
rented office spaces and then figured out where to meet on Sunday morning, either outside or in auditoriums. And then the church, then all the groups that we come here and do, our small groups and our gatherings and all that stuff, what if we met like in coffee shops and other people's houses in the community and our children's ministry, you know, like all this stuff. And all of a sudden the church happened like in the community. And, yeah. then, and then people couldn't go to a coffee shop without bumping into a group of women sitting there talking mm. about Jesus or a, mm. a group of guys early in the morning having breakfast talking about Jesus because that's where their small group meets. And, you know, they're outside of the building. And, and, and what if the church became known as the church without a building? I think that we would hit some sort of, like, milestone there. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> right. you're reminding me of the church in China. I mean, because yeah. they have to meet under, you know, yeah. um, they they can't meet in it publicly, you know, so right. it's this right. idea where they have to go, you know, from house to house or mm-hmm. it's all underground, you know what I mean? The underground well, church it, in China. Yeah, and I mean, like, that's a very New Testament-style yeah, way yeah. of church. And um, Ryan and I have talked about this for, he, well, over a year now about how— Almost years. Almost <laughs> years, right? <laughs> uh, but we've we've talked about this so many times about how, like— what if we? I, I think the church would be more effective if we were meeting in a coffee shop, on a sure. on a random. Like, there's day. authenticity in not putting on the show, and, and non non believers or unbelievers or pre believers, if we believe they're going to be believers, um, <clears throat> they see that. Sure. Yeah. They, they when they come here to a con- to a worship set that's so finely tuned, so good, so perfect, and everybody nobody shows their true humanity. Mm-hmm. They're like, hey, it's just like a Dave Matthews concert in here. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. Exactly. You know, there's no weed or alcohol, but you know the music's mm-hmm. pretty much. The but there's same and there's grape juice, <laughs> grape juice. <laughs> and wine <laughs> or wine depending <laughs> or on wine, yeah. opinion. Gluten free bread and non gluten free bread. You know, so it's right. Like, <laughs> but I I just I think um, we have to really start thinking about how we address this whole idea of reaching unbelievers. And and if our model continues to be, if you build it, they will come, whether that's ministries or buildings or anything, I think you're missing the point. We're not necessarily supposed to draw them in mm-hmm. through that. And that, that, that service and, and that building is meant for believers. Yeah. Okay? Right, yeah. That gathering is meant for believers and, and our lives out are what's supposed to be the outreach. Our lives. Exactly. We're, we're launched into that. Well, what, yeah. It, it comes to the question is like what's the purpose of church? Yeah. Right? You know, like what 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 are what is our job as the church? Is it is it to bring in um non believers on Sunday mornings or is it that or is the Sunday mornings the time to recharge the believers to mm-hmm. go out into the mm-hmm. community? I love that. And I wrote a quote, I'm not sure who said it. I'm, I'm and by bad. church you mean Sunday morning, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah that's yeah, what yeah. I meant. Okay, sorry. Sorry. I I, I that was kind of confusing. And I'm bad at remembering quotes, but I, there's this quote that we talk, that I've heard. Let's make it up. Who's going to argue with you? Yeah, I don't Nobody. Know. But <laughs> the guy said that um, basically through the week, we are, as believers, one little light. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And then when we come in together on Sunday, we are a collective bright light shining mm-hmm. for God. You know, and that's type, that type of idea. But I, I think to get back to your question about the, the purpose of the church, and I think um, – one of the best things is, um, again, equipping people to go out, mm-hmm. um, people equipping people to be disciple makers or disciples and disciple makers. Yeah. Parents equipping parents how to disciple your kids. You know, family emphasis is something at Chapel Hill that we're serious about. Yeah. And that is what we feel like God is calling Chapel Hill to be. It's sort of a family oriented church who trains parents. Hey, this is you have to play a role in your kid's life. We can't. We can't do mm-hmm. all the work in that area yeah. because 
you have way more credibility than us. Yeah, and time. And time. And influence. And we power. get one and hour power. a week. Right. We get one, maybe two hours a week. Yeah, it's true. I mean, that's the thing is, like, that's what I – and when I said church, I agree. I was kind of vague, which I meant was, like, we come together that as a collective group. That's when we re- – as individuals, we recharge, mm-hmm. and then we can go out into the world and preach the gospel. Right. And, you know, if anybody – I mean, anybody who's listening to this, if you've ever preached the gospel for six days in a row – it's exhausting. Ask Ryan because he's preached one Sunday, and on the next day when we're pre- prepping for a show, he's like, "Man, I'm so tired." You know, and the thing is, is like I've been where he's at. Preaching one day is exhausting. So mm-hmm. when you have to do it for six days, as believers, I mean, as m- my personal life, I look forward to Sunday mornings because that's the time where I can recharge mm-hmm. with fellow believers, mm-hmm. and I'm not, I'm not worried about how the person next to me perceives me because we're both worshiping the same God. Mm -hmm. So that's why, you know, that's why I think it's such a recharging. Mm -hmm. Well... The bell doth toll. The bell doth toll. We all know what that means, except for Sam. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, why did that happen? (laughs) (laughs) We forgot to tell him Uh, that in (laughs) pre-show. We all know when we hear the bell that this is time for our closing thoughts. We'll each get a chance to have our closing thought uninterrupted and say everything we need to say. At the end, to wrap up today's conversation, and then, Sam, you can tell our listeners where they can find you if you'd like to tell them how they can get a hold of you via Twitter or email or website. Church. Or say nothing. So, right now? Yeah, it's it is a, your it's, turn. It's your oh, turn. Sure. Have your closing thought. The guest okay. always goes Ladies first. Ladies and gentlemen, Sam. I like that we wrapped up with sort of what to do. A lot of, a lot of times, just in, in news and media of all kinds, we, we hear a lot about what not to do. And we had our fair share of that in the show. But um, I think, you know, as a believer, you you are a preacher. You are an evangelist, whether you like to believe it or not. And um, <laughs> I, I got to recommend a book, and it ruined my life, and, and it probably ruined yours too. I don't know if you want to read it, but it's a fantastic book, and it's an awful book. But it's uh, called Radical yes. by David Platt. That's an amazing <laughs> book. And... Um, <laughs> <laughs> These guys are here laughing because they know what I'm talking about, and it'll it'll ruin your life. Um, and basically, or make your life better. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> well, depends ruin, on how you view ruin it. Ruin your current um, <laughs> comfortable life; uh, yeah. it will ruin it. Um, but it's how do we balance um, the coming together on Sunday morning to worship with uh, the going out? And uh, I like I like the summary that Stephen offered about how. Um, Sunday morning is for recharging and the rest of the week is for going out and uh, evangelizing. You are a preacher. And and I got to keep saying that because sometimes, man, we're sold this idea that ever, that it should be nominal. Christianity is comfortable. You just come, you just, you just take it all in. You watch our videos, you listen to our music, you listen to our nice message and then you uh, go home and that's it. Mm. But uh, we have to fight that. That idea we have to uh, take a proactive approach at this and really go after uh, what it means to be a Christian and a disciple maker. Mm-hmm. Is that it? Yeah. Okay. Do I need to go longer? No, no, no. you're fine. Okay. Cool, cool. Um, where uh, are you interested in having people contact you? Like, do you have an email? Oh, or? sure, sure. I, I mean, um, 
I guess the main thing I use is Instagram. I, I just find them on Instagram. That's great. Them, what, yes, how can people what's, follow you on Instagram? What's oh, your dude, What's your name? I actually have never ever publicized this. Oh, uh, oh well, no. Well, we don't want to put you under pressure. Yeah, you don't have to. Well, no, I like it because I just made it public because I figured, well, I'm a pastor and stuff, so I might as well. <laughs> <laughs> I, might as well. <laughs> I suppose I should be able to be reached okay. by people. Yeah. Yeah, it's Sam Massey seven seven. Oh, no caps, no spaces. Okay, right. Sam Massey seven seven. Sam, thanks for being on the show today. I appreciate it, guys. Thank you. Yep, Stephen. All right. Um, well, uh, my closing thoughts are um, probably going to be a reiteration of the whole episode, but I think that we as the church have missed the point of outreach um, to the point of where we, we've we built it up to be something that it wasn't intended to be in the first place. Um, where I liked how what Ryan said earlier, which is maybe outreach is a bad name for it. Maybe it should be a launch pad of some of sorts. And this whole idea of we come together as a group of believers on Sunday mornings to recharge our batteries so that we can go out into the world and preach the gospel. Whether whether that's, you know, by just living your life to the purest way possible or actually sharing verbal with people in a way, you know, this is, this is what Jesus has done for me and let me tell you about my Jesus. Or um, to the point where you know, people actually ask you, hey, why are you different? You know, those things, um, all of those are steps in the right direction into preaching the gospel. And to Sam's point, we are all pastors and preachers um, to, the, to the people in our circles. You know, we come to church, I mean... I know that I hang out with a few people from church, but more often than not, the people I hang out with don't attend church with me. So those are that's my group of people. Now, not everybody in that group of people goes to church, so therefore I am their, their only view of Christian is me. So I should make it the best I can, and thus living the way that I do should be in and of itself preaching the gospel. So... Um, that's why I think outreach, I think we've got it all wrong. I don't think it's a build it. If you build it, they will come mentality. Um, it shouldn't be. Um, those, those things are nice. I mean, the church buildings are nice. They're great resources for people to recharge themselves, to go out into the world. Um, but I don't think we should be inviting people to church, um, to get them saved. I think we should be trying to get them saved on the, the street, right? You know, where you're at with them. And then it's like, Hey, because you're saved, Let's recharge this weekend, you know, and then then you can invite them to the church. Um, so that's those are my closing thoughts. If you, you want to um, uh, reach out to me, you can go to Stephen at elephantpew.com. Find me on elephantpew.com or Stones Will Cry. Um, and my uh, social media is on Twitter, Instagram, are all Stones Will Cry, and also um, Facebook, Stephen WW. Thanks, Stephen. <clears throat> all right. So um, I'm gonna go super nerdy on you here. So we've talked a little bit about uh, church and the the building and the place we come to on Sunday morning being for recharging, um, and I I like that uh, kind of. I think that it's up to um, each believer and part of maturity is being able to turn to the word and turn to God through prayer and stuff to recharge. Um, the thing I like about Sunday morning is um, I'm gonna go super nerdy here. That's what I'm saying. The Battle of Helm's Deep and um, <laughs> and uh, Lord of the Rings. Okay, Love it. Love so Rings. they're they're losing the Battle of Helm Deep, right? They all they go inside, right? Yeah. And so they retreat inside. Like 
that's what Sunday morning is, is the Battle of Helm's Deep. It's like, if you're doing Christianity right, you've been out fighting all week, fighting for kingdom, the kingdom's glory, for God's glory, for kingdom expansion. And so what happens when you're out there fighting is sometimes you take an arrow, sometimes you get your shoulder plate knocked off or whatever, and Helm's Deep is where you come in and you, you fix your armor. You get the arrow out of you. Mm. You have your, mm. your brothers and sisters in Christ around you saying, hey, man, you got some major chinks in your armor. Put this on. You know what I mean? And it's it's not so much recharging as I would say re-equipping. And we kind of go to that, hey, equipping people to go out. So that w- when Sunday's over, we open up those doors and let them charge us again and we bust out in there. You know what I mean? Like that's what that's what that's cool. And so that's why mm-hmm. that's why I think I really uh, like Sunday morning is is the Battle of Helm's Deep really. Um <clears throat> and so I uh, I I like that and I like that mentality because then it makes outreach launching. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like exactly. because at the end of that, you know, they're, they th- they think they're going to lose Helms Deep, they're pretty sure. And so they're just trying to get out and to live as long as they can and impact as much people as they can and and, and they're going to kill as many orcs as they can before yeah. they go down. You know what I mean? And that that's got to become our mentality as believers like like I got to get out there and talk to as many people about Jesus as I can before I die. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? And if one of those guys mm-hmm. kill me, well, I got to keep going. You know what I mean? Like I, I that's so be it. But I I have to get out there and do that. I have to fight. I have to keep going. And 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 praise God that I have other believers, other warriors in this that I can come back to on Sunday morning and say, "Hey man, help me put this helmet back on. Help me get this belt fixed." You know, and and that's that's what I think it should be about. And I think that's a, a good image of what outreach should be. When we start believing that um sunday morning is it and, and i say this because i have this complaint like um do we just do church is the question i ask all do we just do our sunday morning gathering because if that's all we do i don't think that i'm interested you know what i mean like, right because mm. I, I think jesus has a lot more for us for us than that um and you guys talked a little bit about you know we're all we're all preachers we're all you know and, and it talks about that in first peter as um first peter 2 5 it's translated in some translations as the priesthood of all believers we are the priesthood of all believers so all believers are priests because the people around you in your sphere of influence that um are look to you for spiritual guidance or are not yet christians you're the only priest that they know you know uh, people always mm-hmm. say you might be the only jesus they see well i'm not jesus <laughs> but I, i'll be one of his priests you know what i mean mm-hmm. and, and i might be the only priest of jesus that they know and that they see and because we're, we're all called to be priests and believers so our outreach needs to be there we need to do a better job as a church of training people to be priests out there to be warriors and to mm-hmm. fight and to realize that Sunday morning isn't about attracting people in from the battle. How crazy is that imagery? Like, hey, hey, guys, we're in here. If you can get through all those orcs, come on in. <laughs> Our music is great. Yeah. You know, it's <laughs> like, uh, yeah. And we have a young hit preacher. And uh, mm-hmm. it's like, no, that's, that's not what it's about. Um, they'll come because they see us storm the battlefield mm-hmm. out of there. You know what I mean? And that, that's yeah. what will attract them in. They'll want to know what's going in there. It gives us the ability to storm the battlefield. So mm. that's my closing thoughts on that. Great topic today, guys. Thanks for talking. Um, you can find me on shoutingintothewild.com or you can find me anywhere just from there. Just go shoutingintothewild.com. You'll find me there. There's lots of contact information there. So that is all for me. All right. I'd like to thank our subscribers and listeners who chose to listen to us. We're so humbled that you decided to be, to allow us to be a part of your day. Um, you guys are the best audience a podcast could ask for. We'd like to thank Sam for uh, taking his time out Woo-hoo. this evening to uh, uh, sit down and just talk with a bunch of us. Well, yep. the two of us about <laughs> yep. about 
outreach. And you guys can find us on any of the podcast outlets. I prefer you go to iTunes and subscribe to us there because you can rate and review us mm-hmm. there. And so if you would rate and review us on iTunes, um, that really helps us to get to people who don't know about us yet. The more rating and reviewing we get, the more likely we get put on the page or whatever and yep, get a chance absolutely. for people who don't know us to click on us and listen. And maybe, just maybe, they will hear the gospel here or become curious of that. So go to iTunes, rate and review us. And uh, if you do that, we'll, we'll use your name in a poem on the show. Yep. Don't forget to check us out on Elephant Pew News every Monday um, at 9 p.m. Thank you so much. Have a wonderful day. God bless.